Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode is with Haywood Turnipsey Jr. If you've listened to this show uh, at all in the last 10 years, you've heard Haywood Turnipsey Jr. on this show. Uh, when we do our live shows in D.C., we usually do a segment called Color Commentary that we've been doing for eight or nine years at this point. Uh, we did one earlier this year in February, and we have no idea when we'll ever do one again due to the coronavirus. If you are listening to this episode, you might like my recent episode, my recent appearance on the Roll Call Political Theater podcast. I talk all about how uh, if Twitter or Facebook are run like a bar, uh, things might be uh, a better. We might have a better world. Uh, we have a Patreon account. Please go to youmethemeverybody.com and our about page and consider donating to the Patreon account there. If you're listening to this in iTunes or on the site, it's in the podcast description. Without further ado. One of my favorite people in the world, Haywood Turnipseed Jr. This entirely depends on my kid's nap, hence the lateness. I, I apologize. <laughs> no worries. I, I'm, as you can hear, I understand. Yeah, how is it going? It's been three months now of uh, whatever this, of coronavirus. How, how is your household? Uh, holding up, all, all things considered. Um, we still like each other, you know. <laughs> we knew we loved each other, but <laughs> liking each other is a thing, you know. So- are the kids done uh, with school now? Is school officially over? Uh, it's not officially over until Monday. They took tests this week. Uh, okay. They're, you know, you know, tallying up the scores. And it's been interesting because the last quarter was all at home. Yeah. So all the review stuff, all that all that stuff took place here at home. Um, and, you know, we did the best we could. Sure. It wasn't, you know, you're at home. <laughs> yeah. You're at home. Do you... So. All of your kids like will have memories of this. Mine won't. Do you are do you think this is good for them overall cuz they get to spend time with their parents or are they of the age where like they would rather be with their friends? Uh it's a little bit of, well, for them they're of the days where they like being here, you know, yeah. they really have a fun like actually call it a coronavirus season. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, "Well, this is over." I mean, for them they're out of school for the essentially. They don't have to get up and go to school. Yeah. They get up, they you know, do a couple classes, you know, do their uh distance learning and then really just go back to chilling. So yeah. the quarantine part was difficult. That was that was that was that was getting rough because we're in the home, you know. We can yeah. go outside and walk a little bit and exercise a little bit, but they couldn't play in the park, so there was no point in going by the park, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was weird. Um, but we would go out for like an hour or so. Uh, so I say they, 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 they're having a... Daddy, can you see Yes, we can. They're having a good time. <laughs> I mean, as you can see, they know when I'm going to work. I mean, mm-hmm. my office is... We turned the office into the... Uh, well, it was the den slash office, you know, that's and, you know, for, for what I do for comedy. That's, that was my office. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, they uh they took that over. That became the classroom slash their playroom now, and you know we're in a teacher's lounge slash nook. <laughs> so and they know when to ask for things. <laughs> you have been able to work remotely, which is great. Yeah. But your wife yeah. has a job where it's not possible to do remotely. Exactly. Exactly. She had to close up shop, mm-hmm. so she's been closed since uh, that time in early March. So how um, is she doing with this? Uh, you know. It's just, you know, we had to, uh, she had, we had to, you know, had to take out, uh, do the grants and stuff like that. So apply for grants, unemployment, um, whatever loans are out there for, you know, small businesses and stuff like that. We had to jump in all those waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, some things came in, some things didn't. So we're doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> Grant scheme. I mean, financially, I speak because that's what, you know, what it boils down to. I mean, her job, her, her what she does. 
she's been doing some other things creatively mm-hmm. in that space, which is like it's kind of the same thing I did when I got laid off uh, in telecom. And that's when I started really doing comedy. So some other things she wanted to do, she was like, okay, maybe I want to do this. So she's gotten into her baking. You know, she uh, she has, I don't think she minds me saying this. She has rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. So she was always looking for ways to get off medication um, so that she would have to take it for the rest of her life. So she's been doing that, changing her diet, um, and then working on creating things that could help other people. So, so it's, it's been a okay time. And, you know, she loves doing what she does, mm-hmm. but you know, there's concern there going back. Well, so let's <laughs> talk about going back because yeah. DC's still in phase one. I think maybe even today is when phase two starts. Uh, you live and work out of DC. Um, when mm-hmm. does she get to go back? Uh, they're looking at, well, phase two for DC, they're thinking of June 19th, so that okay. next week. So if that all goes well, um, then she's looking to go back after the 4th of July, which okay. is what the city was looking to do, kind of reopen after this. I mean, she does work, her her thing is one-on-one, so mm-hmm. the chance of risk of infection is uh, minimal. Um, so she just has to make sure that she's following procedures as laid out by, you know, DC Health or whatever it is. Sure making sure that she, you know, cleaning everything. You know, but she was doing that anyway, because it's a, it's a small business, you know, it's yeah. massage therapy. So she had already had it where people have like 15 minute gaps between coming in and stuff like that. So now she's extended that to 30 minutes. Okay. Uh, and she's not in, you know, she was wearing a mask, uh, maybe requiring them to do so also, but because it's massage, she has to think about linens and that she wear gloves and things like that. Is that necessary and stuff like that? So I guess no. Um, because if the you know as the barbers and salons and things like that come back, they're kind of setting the tone mm-hmm. for those other organizations. I think what won't be coming back is the stuff like I do. Yeah, it's a little bigger. You know? So <laughs> yeah, you haven't you've been doing these like Zoom performances and stuff like that. Are, do you find any joy in doing stand up alone? <laughs> that is a great question. Doing it alone, no, it's like talking to the void, man. Exactly, it really is. I talked about that. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you don't have anything to bounce off of. I mean, all right, so it's that, it, it reminds me of the early stages when I first started, where I would talk to the mirror to kind of get to see what I looked like, you know, get those nuances down. But then at some point, the audience becomes your mirror. You know, you mm-hmm. kind of learn your parameters with them. So it's a reset of sorts. Um, and it's not fun when nobody's laughing. So I find myself, I, I recorded something for some folks. Um, they're going to show it, you know, virtually. And they asked us to do a pre-recording of our sets. That was the weirdest. Because that felt like an audition, and then it's a different vibe when you're doing an audition, you know. So it's like, how do I take my natural? I'm I'm, I'm learning ways to just kind of bring all these things together, uh, which is, you know, if, if it's part of the creative process, so it's part of the course. It's, it's yeah. not part. Of it. Like <laughs> this is a brand new reality that we, yeah, in yeah. theory, in, in theory, a year from now. We'll never have to think about this again, and everything will be back yeah. up and open if everything opens up ever again, ever. So it's not like we're learning a new skill that we could use in a year from now. We're, we're just trying to get by, but I don't think it's possible to like stay as sharp as you were when you were going up two, three, four, five times no. a week. So no. No. <laughs> literally no one is going to benefit from this. Um, how do I say this? It gets here's the benefits that I found. It has strengthening me, my writing. Me, I, I got lazy. Yeah, you know, I, I started leaning on the app 
so I started working within the act, if you know what I mean. You know, like, like uh, okay, I know I can build on this part of the act if I have a new thought. So now I'm really starting from scratch and going, how do I build something else? So that's the good I take away from it. Okay. And then also, here's the thing I do think would be okay. I do think it opens up, uh, like our show, like we do a late night show, right? Mm-hmm. That people always talk about they can't come to. But now this opens us up to that virtual performance space where we can actually broadcast. I've seen it and I'm like, I don't like that. But for these like uh, corporate events and stuff like that, that you know sometimes we get asked to do that are far away, you can go ahead and record something and send it to them that they can play in the morning. That's fair. Or we can virtually set up in the studio and and you know send some, and do something live if they would like. It, it opens that up. Or on the flip side, right? Like uh, you have artists who do things, small events and stuff like that in small venues. It does open up, I believe, those venues to saying we have special events with this special comedian that you can also watch with this link. Yeah, but have I you watched anything? Part, have you watched anything that you're not participating in? No. Yeah, no one is. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I did. Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. Because I did. I, t- I talk about it like this. In the beginning, it was fun because it's like we're all home alone, but we all thought it would be like two or three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. That seemed to be the vibe. But then it, we started having these stay-at-home concerts, and I love behind the music, but these were like before the music. You know, <laughs> these were like I'm, <laughs> I'm watching people from their home. You know, I, I can only watch it so much yeah. because. The part of the part of the arts is the lure of it, is the the magic, right? Letting go and watching your favorite band do that thing that you don't do, but you get, and all that kind of stuff, and then connecting with other people. That was the fun and going out to those kind of things. So I hope that's not lost, but I do understand the apprehension and going back out because I'm apprehensive in going out to entertain a room full of people that are going to be laughing. Oh yeah, that means. Ex- you know, literally expelling air from your lungs. <laughs> so you... But I also don't want to entertain a room full of people wearing masks. It's going to look like cancer patients. I mean, yeah. you know, that's, I've done that. I've done that. And, and, and that's also daunting. So it's a stark reminder of where we are. Yeah. So the last time we'll we... see... Cause the last time we were together was at the One Land Ballroom. Mm-hmm. It was the first Friday in February. That was the last time we were on the stage together. And the last time... Yeah. Um, I saw not your entire family, but some of your family was at the Royal Rumble in my house, and oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the idea of doing either of those things right now seem insane. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's sad, yeah. obviously. <laughs> but that's where we are now, man. That's where we are. Well, that's that's the thing. I'm not trying to to re- have you reveal your age. I, I don't care. I'm not. It's not about that, but I'm 37 and I have a someone that's under a year old, so that's why I'm still quarantining and not showing up at these protests. Yeah. Are, have you attended any protests? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. No, no, not in this climate. You can't. Yeah. I mean, people can, and I get it, and I'm fine with that. But I mean, all things considered, we're still in. We're we're in the. This is still a pandemic. Yeah. That we're dealing with on top of everything else. So. Um, when it came time to, when I saw this happening, I'm like, okay, I get, let's see what the young people have to do with it. Because it is a younger, younger mm-hmm. generation taking up the cause and feeling, feeling outraged. But now that we have this, this momentum, let's use this outrage to, to change the thing. You know, let's not flame the, fame, the flames of, 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 you know, uh, of anger and angst, but let's flame the, the flames of change. Yeah. Let's use this power. So since I'm at this age now, I get what the people 
who was saying to me when I felt that way doing the Rodney King verdict, you know? Mm -hmm. I felt the same, I've been there. So I have done that uh, and I'm not of the mindset anymore to, and I'll be honest, I'm not of the mindset anymore to go down weapon list in front of people with weapons. I'm just, I don't think like that anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that. That's all well, I pause from Jump Street. You know, you call it in the National Guard off the break and the police are standing there in force off the break. We saw what they did to the gentleman in Buffalo. So yeah. I'm not playing that game. <laughs> So since I'm not playing that game, I have to play a different game. And now this is thinking about it from a different angle, different level. What is my influence? Where is my power most needed? And, you know, what can I do with it? And there are many ways to protest now. So as we, as these folks come back home, um, what do we do? Mm -hmm. And that's where I come in now. What do we do? So... so you and I have I been thought doing... about it just for the kids, but it, oh, ain't, yeah. not, it ain't worth getting them sick, man. It no. ain't worth getting them sick. We got I got three young ones. My mom, you know, comes over. She's mm -hmm. elder. And she just started being able to come over, you know, so it's serious. It's serious. And I have to take all that in consideration. You and I have been doing color commentary on the show for at this point, uh, I wanna say eight years, something like that. Yeah, eight or nine years. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. it is kind of weird going from just you and me talking in a bar or in a theater mm -hmm. to a bunch of people that don't want to hear us talking about race relations to, <laughs> to hearing a lot of those same topics now, like on NPR eight hours a day at like for like eight minute segments and they're getting embraced on every major mainstream platform. It's kind of weird. It's very, I mean, we, we was, we used to joke about it. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to solve racism, but it was a very good thing to do. Like, this is the thing you don't talk about, and as you used to bring it in, you know, race, religion, politics, the three things you don't talk about mm -hmm. in public. We're going to talk about them in a bar where alcohol is involved. Oh, yeah. Not very smart. No, that's not smart. I, I see. <laughs> I still disagree. Time. That's the best place to solve everything. It's the best place to solve yeah, everything it is. in a bar. It is. It is, because it brought everybody, you know, it brought us to... It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a meeting space. Yeah. Everybody's guards are down. You know, we can talk, we can chat, and then we can, we can find the common ground, which is what we hope to find anyway. That common ground. But also, so we would get the weird, talk about. the weird drunk bigot that probably wouldn't have said anything if they weren't drunk. Yeah, yeah. You get the guy. What was the Remember the guy from Florida? Yeah, Steve his Austin. name is Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah, that was at the start of 2019. I still remember that because I was my whole thing was LeBron is better than somebody and he's like yeah. fuck lebron it's like no fuck you man lebron's on the right side of history yeah, yeah. he showed me his id that he's from florida and his legal name is steve austin <laughs> which was hilarious yeah I have... so and then there's something matter that we're talking about and then we you know we i mean this is this is this is what everyone is doing now assessing who they are yeah well, i should say everyone this is the air that's out there right now people are assessing their part in it and hopefully, you know, you know, we had some small part in that, you know, leading, leading the way for that. Uh, in that no way am I trying to take did. credit for anything like that. I just realized that, like, you had been on the books to do probably at this point. I mean, it's been 90. <laughs> Not only taking credit. No, no. Yeah, yeah. We I solved mean, like, racism a decade ago. Um, no, because I mean, if we had to talk about it every week, we couldn't solve <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, you and I have missed at least two shows together since the pandemic. You've probably missed like 45 to 60 shows since the pandemic began. 
Um, yeah. But on, on the positive side, you've had all this time together with your family. That's a really nice thing. Yeah. And maybe um, by the time this pandemic is over, the world will have changed for better. And that's weird. So do you yeah. think <laughs> anything actually positive will come from this? I think there's always good when, when you're talking about change. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now, people are actually having conversations. Like I had, uh, oof, just in the past, since this is all this started, I've had f- maybe five work meetings. And in each work meeting, this has come up. Except for the one that was purely technical, mm-hmm. each work meeting, this has come up. So, uh, and it was brought up by people who, uh, I, it wasn't brought up by myself or people who look like me, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know? There's people like, we need to start talking about this and what are we thinking about this and how are we reacting or how are we, enabling or how we just putting our heads in the sand and that's what we you know that's the that's privilege for lack of better term that's what we talk about the ability to not look at something because you don't have to deal with it you know i don't have to worry about homeless people because i'm not well you know you do if they start come knocking on your door which is what we are saying and what has been said this whole time and even like you and i we used to talk about it and then we talked about you know how the washington post has been running a tally of 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 police deaths by shootings since Michael Brown incident. So this shows us across the board mm-hmm. what's happening across the country. And now we have the data to support that also. So did anything good come out of this? That people's eyes have been opened more um, and that people maybe are willing to start talking. I'm not saying doing, yeah. but people are willing to start talking about what they could be doing and should be doing. I mean, this is something that it's called a movement because it doesn't stop. Okay, well then, that's the better question. You and I've I've been here for ten years. You've been here a little bit longer than ten years. I've been here. I've either gone to or covered most every major protest, or at least mm-hmm. parts of every major protest when it comes to mm-hmm. something that doesn't last for one day, right? So mm-hmm. this feels different. Yeah. Do you think it yeah. feels different? This feels a hell of a lot different than say like Occupy or the Women's yeah. March or anything like that. Do you yeah. think it feels different? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, like you said, all the, uh, I, I've been here. My first thing that I went to, I guess I should say, my first adult protest—I wouldn't call it a protest, but gathering—that I went to was the Million Man March. Okay, and that was in '96, if I'm not mistaken. It was in the '90s, in yeah. DC. Yeah, so that was the. I mean, I, I've been to stuff before that, you know. You know, my folks, so I'm, I'm always doing stuff. Had always been doing stuff like this, but I mean, that's the first thing I can remember going to, and that didn't feel like what we're feeling now you know that was a good day and we felt good about it and we felt like oh we could all come together for change and then even 20 years later it came back and then all the you know marches and walks in between um like Falun Gong and the stuff that they've done I've been out we've been out there for different things mm-hmm. I even remember going to the um what was the one at the left with the the, the Colbert and oh the, uh, uh, John the, Stewart had. I almost the rally for sanity that was like the first week I lived yeah there. yeah yeah that was that was, I remember going to that, and that was fun and unique. This is a little, this seems like all of that. Yeah. I mean, it feels like, because you do have people like, yo, this is about change, and you do have people that, this is about anna, uh, anger, and then you do have people like, this is about even more than that, burn this motherfucker down. But then you do have people like, but what do we have after this? So you have all these different movements seem to be coalescing on this one situation, and which means to me, like, some, uh, Tracy, Tracy and I were talking about it, my wife. Uh, well, you know, but Tracy was talking about, like, she was like, well, it was confusing me as why this, why why now? Why this guy? Mm-hmm. And it, well, she wasn't saying it from that 
that question of like what's confusing her, but it was just like, why do people seem to be motivated now? And I'm like, that's the that seems to be the match. Because the kindling has been there, and all of these ostracized groups, marginalized folks have been talking about this separately for some time. But it's really enforced when we all have to deal with the police. And in any of us to talking about uh, our rights or our interactions or our involvements, we all talk about having to deal with the police. And even the police are talking about how they're stressed having to deal with the public. So if we're all talking about this now, this is the tipping point. And I think that's finally what we're witnessing, the tipping point. It has to be like, I don't, I don't know because I wasn't around, I mean, we weren't around at that time to equate it to, but it seems like that moment, like in the civil rights movement, people were like, enough is enough, we got to do something. So you know, like, clearly like, you, know, the, you and I did not march in 68 because ages, mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> the, maybe the similarity between 68 and now isn't the horribleness of uh, the the reasons behind the protest, but we had monoculture in 68. There were like how many TV channels, like three or four. And yeah, th- there was clearly no internet. Um, if you wanted to have a piece of music, you could go buy that piece of music. You didn't have all the music ever. There was one, sort of there was there were not one but there was very few avenues of entertainment and of distraction and now mm-hmm. we have all those avenues absolutely but due to coronavirus due to the global pandemic it sort of feels like we were it, you're either repeating something or there is no real distraction there's no sports there's no new movies there's new new <laughs> movies but they're like on demand it's not the same thing there's not mm-hmm. you can't travel so you're sort of forced to confront certain truths that you mm-hmm. were able to maybe ignore th- four months ago maybe yeah, yeah. Just I, I, I agree with that 100% I think that's what it is we have time to pause and look at it and see I mean it's like whoa well and then look at what happened we're doing this global pandemic where everyone is talking I mean we're talking about a global pandemic mm-hmm. and everyone's talking about coming together we were just talking about coming together and then you do have people who were t- starting to come out and talking about coming back to work but you have three stories back to back. You know, you have the the, the, the brother, the jogger in, in, in Georgia, you have Breonna Taylor, and then you have George Floyd. And it was just like, boom, boom, boom. All around the time when we're talking about opening back up and he's like, is this what we're going back to? Yeah. We can't be, we can't, we cannot just do what we just did. Go through what we're going through right now and say, hey, that's how we're going to come back. That is not possible. That's. That doesn't that, that you know we be, we'd all be collectively idiots to keep it, that's ignorance right yeah. and I think that's what we're looking at right now people are like we can't ignore this anymore I mean you have you have a lot of people different people starting to have these conversations and I think it's going beyond conversation now you know do you think that's that what I feel. Did, number I shouldn't say do you think that did you see the new Chappelle special mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. You're former military. Mm-hmm. Do you think his connections with the military and terrorism and and, and what's going on uh, has any relevance? Do you agree with his thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I, I really don't know because uh, I was listening to it and it was like it's it's raw. I mean, he said it. It's raw. Mm-hmm. So I don't think his points are clear yet. I I I knew where he was going with the Chris Dorner because I was like. And he was a cop, and he had been in the military. So I could see, I could, I, you know, you, you try to do bits like that in public, and people kind of shy away from him. Yeah. So I, I heard what he was saying. Um, do I agree with it? I don't know. Here's how I, how I look at this: you do have 
I don't know. I yeah. don't know because I've never talked to any of those people. I have. I did see that manifesto that Dorna wrote. I'm familiar with the story in Dallas. I'm familiar with the story in Louisiana. And it's like, I, I think we as brothers, I mean, I don't know, maybe we as black men had that same thought. Like, whoa, what is really going on with these men who are deciding to take it amongst them, upon themselves to start this way? Yeah. Uh, especially when they had to read the same books we read. They had to come up in the same... But then what he said to me was, anybody who survives this nightmare is his hero. And that's what I, that's what I did agree with more than anything else is how do, it wasn't funny yet. It, yeah. Because it ain't funny. How do we make sense of it? Well, we can't make sense of something that's nonsensical. So why are we even trying? Why are we calling for celebrities or for whatever he kept going back to, to make sense of this? That's a good, I mean, that's, that's, that's a great point. Now the connection that you asked about with terrorism and, and military and black Americans. I can only speak from my perspective. Of course. I can understand the mindset that white supremacy is terrorism because mm -hmm. it is. Every day of your life, you're worried about it being taken away. And I mean your life. I don't mean your, your home. I don't mean your family. I mean all of that and then some. Because at the very root of it, the very crux of it, you are viewed as a lesser than. That's the reality that many of us have to digest and learn to um, not invent, not, not, not to, we have to digest it, but not ingest it. If that, I don't know, maybe that's the same thing, but we can't let it change us, Yeah, but it does. You know what I'm saying? It really does. And it makes you go, well, like you said, I didn't even want to view it because I knew what happened. I understand. Mm -hmm. I understand because you don't want to see that continuously. So that's terrorism right there. So if if we if we label white supremacist group as terrorist groups, domestic terrorist groups, then is not is that not terrorism? And are those men not responding to what they feel like was terrorism? Because we do take that oath in the military that you will stand up to all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now we've had uh, um, other folks, um, not just black folks. We've had other folks, white supremacist groups, say the same thing. It's like when you get to that extreme place, you know, you, they want to take action upon them, you know, they want to take it upon themselves to put, point the country some direction or do this. And I, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a warped mindset because you know you, you can't, you're not going to do it all by yourself. You know you're only going to get but so far before they swarm upon you. Who are they? That's the powers that be. Mm -hmm. So, again, you have to ask yourself, why are they taking this action when they know what the inevitable outcome is going to be? And that's when we start having those real discussions. So even at this point where we're talking about what can we do, we're not looking at what we have done to cause this. You know what I'm saying? We are, all we have to do is remember that the NAACP still exists and it exists for a reason. All we have to do is know that these women groups exist and they exist for a reason. We have these months of celebration for people who are ostracized for a reason. Because still in our history books, we're not teaching the lessons of everybody's history and culture and involvement in this society. Um, you are dealing with children. I'm dealing with uh, a, ch a child. Uh, let's end with something hopefully positive. I have no idea. Uh, do you have any recommendations? <laughs> do you have any recommendations for something that one of the kids exposed you to over the last three months that without quarantine you wouldn't have known about? TV show, book, movie, video games, something. Yeah. TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> now you're. I did not know about TikTok. And now you're very familiar with TikTok. <laughs> I, I'm hugely familiar to the point that I don't want to even. 
in the beginning, it was. This is how I know I'm done. I'm just about done with this quarantine or this stay at home stuff because in the beginning, it's like, oh, that's fun to do, and I did a few myself. But now it's like, ah, and that's that's the problem with most of us now. We have short attention spans because our attention can be taken other places. What I do think is good out of this is that we do that our even though our attention is going other places, other places are making us aware of, hey, you know what, life matters. Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Other folks are getting on board saying, hey, you know what? We have this in our collection. We, let's share this with you. We have this. Let's share this with you. You know what? We ain't been doing right by these folks. Let's share this with you. So, I, 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 you know, I do change isn't without, uh, it's always darkness before the dawn. They say that in movies. Which <laughs> is Batman. Batman, a movie, yeah, about, Batman. A, a, movie yeah, yeah. about a white man that's from money that has a, a never-ending <laughs> supply of money that it dishes out vigilante justice. The end. We need a dark night. We need a dark night. That's what we need. Bill Gates need to get on it. Zuckerberg. <laughs> that's what Elon um, Musk want to be. That's what Elon Musk want to be. <laughs> I'm actually going to... That's a fib. I'm going to end with this. And I usually don't tell you what to do in your act, but now I want you to do it once we return back to normalcy just because I want to see if it actually happens. In your act, uh, you, you essentially ask for $20 from a guilty white person in the crowd. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> Has anyone actually ever given you the $20? They never, they, they've offered it. One lady was like, you know, I have, I mean, as I could you know, she was like, I got cash out. And I was like, nah. I was like, really? What? Okay, so one of his pockets, and I was like, that's amazing. I was like, keep that. Get, you know what? Donate that to some cause. I am convinced cool. that now... If you if you, ever, take if you yeah if you're able or able to perform that in a room where people are allowed to be within six feet of each other again, I think you're going to be able to make more money. <laughs> you with that? You with that? I'm like, give me twenty dollars. Yeah, that, that's good. That's good. That's good business. 